Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Well, I want to preach a great message tonight. Well, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's going to be great too. Um, but did you know? Right across this room, young, old, rich, poor, first time, been here a hundred thousand times. Did you know that God can move in your life? Come on, God can move in your life. What does that mean? It means that something can take place in or around you, which can only be God. Something happens in your life or around your life, which is done by the work of God. It's God reaching out to you, to your life, to have a great impact. It's God out of love engaging with you, moving in and on your life. You know, as a church, we believe what the Bible says. We believe that we serve a powerful God and a personal God. He knows you the best and he loves you the most and he wants to move in your life to bring about his amazing purpose in your life. He's a powerful and personal God. He knows us and he's also flipping powerful. Everything is subject to God's sovereignty. People can and have experienced God move in their life. Throughout the Bible, people experienced God move in their life. The Israelites in the Old Testament, they were God's people. They experienced God moving in their life. They saw an ocean split so they could walk through it. They were led at night by a pillar of fire that God was, was doing to lead them at night. They saw water pour out, of, pour out of a rock, and they saw food rain from heaven. The Israelites saw God move in their life. David, he went to go and fight a giant. He had no business in fighting, but God moved in his life. A miracle happened. He conquered, and there was a great victory. The prophet Elijah saw God move in his life as he went about doing God's business. He was going after um, false prophets and all this kind of stuff, and he saw fire rain down from heaven. The prophet Isaiah God moved in his life and he had an encounter with God where he had a vision and God spoke to him. There's a man in the New Testament called Zechariah and he's in a temple and God moves in his life and he sees a vision and he ends up not being able to talk. Hopefully it doesn't happen to you tonight. Maybe you believe for that to happen to your husband, I don't know. Mary in the New Testament. Mary's a young girl. God moves in her life and the sovereign purpose in her life, God's plan unfolds in her life. She sees an angel. God speaks to her. She, is, she uh, conceives a child of the Holy Spirit and gives birth to Jesus. Jesus fed 5,000 people. They all experienced the move of God. Something happened in and around them for them, which could only be attributed to God. There was a lady in the, in the New Testament who had an issue of blood for many, many years, and she managed to touch the hem of Jesus's robe. She was immediately healed. God moved in her life and she was never the same. There's a tax collector, an evil tax collector in the New Testament who was taking double the money he should have off people. God moved in his life. Jesus extended grace to him and then said to him that surely salvation has come to your house today. He experienced salvation. God moved in his life. He was never the same. There's 10 people in the, in the New Testament with leprosy. They all get healed. God moved in their life. What about Peter and John later? The Holy Spirit's power is in them, and they heal someone who's paralyzed. 
Paul in the Bible. He was someone who was a part of killing Christians. God moves in his life and he's completely changed. God moved in his life so powerfully that S fell off his name and they slapped a P on. Paul's then in jail with another person called Silas. They're in prison for sharing their faith and doing the work of God. God moves in the prison. The shackles break off. They all run out of the prison and the jailer gives his life to Jesus. God was moving. What about Jesus? Jesus comes and lives a sinless life, has 12 disciples, ministers for three years, dies on a cross, and after three days, rises from the grave, and he goes, he, he shows himself to people, shows the holes in his hands, and then ascends to heaven. God was moving through the life of Jesus Christ. God is still moving today. God can move on your body. That means that God's power, God's spirit can come on your body and bring healing to your body. Whether it's a new illness, whether, you, whether you've had it for a long time, maybe it's something that you think is too small for God. God can move on your body and bring healing. God can move on your mind. God can come and change your thinking. God can come and heal you of maybe mental health challenges you're having. God can come and bring healing to parts of your brain that are hurting, maybe from memories or things that have happened. God can come and bring healing to your mind. God can move on your friends. God can move on your family. God can bring restoration and strength and health to the relationships in your life. God can move on the church. God can move on church, capital C, but God can also move on this church specifically. And thank God he can because we need him to. Come on, we love our church. We want our church to prosper and grow, and it's not just going to happen with us trying. It's going to happen because of a move of God. And here's the thing that's most important. God can move on your heart. God can move on your heart. The Bible says that God can take a heart of stone and change it for a heart of flesh. God can also move on your soul, the condition of your soul. I don't know if you know this, but our soul is in desperate need of salvation. Our soul is, our soul is in need of a Savior. Our soul is in need of Jesus Christ. And God can come and move on your heart and your soul and bring salvation to your life. Here's the question. What kind of people get to see God move in their life? Um, other religions, false religions, they teach, and many people believe that it's just holy people that get to see God move. Or it's people that grew up in church that get to see God move. Or it's people that have climbed a mountain to kiss Buddha's tooth. I always use that example. It, people that think doing religious practices, they're the ones that get to see God move. I want you to know tonight that that actually couldn't be further from the truth. That The title of my message tonight is People Who See God Move. And I want to talk about three types of people who see God move. Everyone say three types. All right, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I just pray, Lord God, would you speak to each of us, Father, and bring about great change in our life for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, three types of people who see God move. The first type of person is a broken person. Broken people see God move. I love this quote from Vance Habner, very old, famous pastor. He says this, God uses broken things. It takes broken soil to produce a crop, broken clouds to give rain, Broken grain to give bread, broken bread to give strength. It is the broken alabaster box that gives forth perfume. It is Peter weeping bitterly who returns to greater power than ever. Love this other quote as well from Leonard Ravenhill. This is very old quotes. If I use some old English terms, it's not me. 
God only uses broken things. Jesus took the lad's bread and broke it. Then and only then could it feed the crowd. The alabaster box was broken. Only then could its fragrance escape and fill the house and the world. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. If such was the way the master went, should not the servant tread it still? Broken people recognize their need for God and there lies the power. Broken people recognize their need for God and there lies the power. The Word of God says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And the Word of God says a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. I love we sing a beautiful song at church where we say, you take the broken things. Johnny, you finish it off. Okay. We sing a song where we say, you take the broken things and raise them to glory. Here's the thing. At the acceptance of my own brokenness, transformation comes. At the acceptance of my own brokenness, transformation comes. Being broken is essential to knowing God. Because otherwise we say, I'll sort my stuff out and then I'll come to Christ. I can get to God on my own. You know, you can't do that because God will resist you because of your pride. We can't get there. Here's what it is. It's an awareness of our brokenness, an acceptance of our brokenness, and then transformation comes. Being broken is essential to salvation. And that's good news for you because you're broken. So you have what you need to receive salvation. There's two kinds of brokenness, though. There's brokenness in your circumstances, and there's brokenness in the state of who you are. And the good news is God works with both. What I'm not saying is that you should remain broken in order for you to see a move of God. And what I mean by that is don't stay broken in your circumstance on purpose to see a move of God. Much of God's Word is to equip us to get out of that in order that we may help others get out and set a great example to God's people. But... Our circumstances of brokenness we can change with the help of God's Word, but the state of brokenness within us we cannot change. We are broken. As humans, we're broken. God is perfect, uncreated, has no beginning, no end. We are created. We do have a beginning. We are not like Him. We are not perfect. We are broken. Jono's going to help me out. I'll just grab that jar, Jono. Awesome. And I think there's a table coming as well. Thank you, Gary. Who loves Gary? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) so good thanks Gary everyone I want you to pretend for a minute that this jar is God and 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 this jar is is God making himself available for us to be in him the Bible talks about being in Christ now I've just said that we're always going to be broken as people even when we receive Jesus Christ we're going to be broken but here's what changes throw me a person Jono this is this is us I went home to get an action figure for this illustration, and it was between this and Brock Lesnar, so I went the Ninja Turtle. And um, anyway, for the seven people that got that, be blessed. Now, this is you and I. This is us, and we're broken. We can't change that, but we're not broken when we're in Christ. The reason is, is Christ is not broken. Christ is perfect. He's holy. He's sovereign. He's got us. He's holding us. I'm still a broken Ninja Turtle, but in Christ, I'm no longer broken. The minute I step out of Christ, I'm broken again. And even though I'm, I'm talking about myself right now, I'm a pastor, I'm a broken person, but because I'm in Christ, I am not broken. Even though I'm broken. Maybe, maybe you can't identify with this character. Let's try another one. Maybe you relate to this one better. This is the orange one. 
broken in Christ. Still a broken person, but in Christ, not broken. What is that? Even when you're a Christian, it's an awareness, an acceptance, and then receiving transformation. You know, an egg has to be broken to be used properly. Um, A piñata, a piñata needs to be broken. Pistachios. A piggy bank. Here's what I want to say. You are at your best and most usable when you're broken. But broken in Christ. If you're just broken, there's not a whole lot that, that God can do for you until you accept your brokenness, aware of it, and in Christ you're transformed. Isaiah 66 says this, this is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. You know, Nothing humbles you like the awareness of your own brokenness. Sometimes as Christians, we get a little bit slipped up because we see ourselves too much of a, of a champion legend <laughs> and not enough of seeing ourselves as someone broken who desperately needs to be in Christ. Luke, 8, Luke 18 verse 9 says this, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I love this quote, very old quote. Better are sins with humility than innocence with pride. If you feel broken, let it humble you and direct you to Christ. If you don't feel broken, I'm here tonight to tell you, you're broken. (laughs) But here's what I want to say. Don't resist it. Let the word tell you or the passage of time and life will, and you may experience unnecessary hurt and the potential delay of a move of God. Broken people see God move. Are you broken? (laughs) Just this section. Good on you guys. There's a move of God coming to row three. Broken people see God move. Everybody's broken, but some people think they're not, and it's delaying a move of God in your life. I'm in Christ, in of myself I'm broken, but in Christ now I'm no longer broken, but I'm still broken, if that makes sense. Number two, the second kind of person that sees God move, weak people. Weak people see God move. Something I've started doing is uh, when I spend time with God, I've started writing prayers out in a journal. I just find it's helping me a little bit. Um, just with connecting with God, and, and I'm able to look at what I've been praying for and kind of just track track that. And um, I was writing a prayer out the other day, and I was looking. There was a common thread in my prayers, and I was, I was writing this out. I want to be a, a godly husband. I want to be a godly father. I want to be a godly pastor. 
I want to be a great son, a great brother, a disciple of Jesus. And I was writing that down and I was, just, I was saying, God, just speak to me about how I can do that. And I just had this thought, I can't do that. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this is hectic. <laughs> the Greek says hectikos. It actually does, hectikos. If you're into Greek. The more I thought about, you know, I know myself quite well. The more I thought about, I oh, mean, I'm like wrestling with some, some anger. I'm wrestling with some frustration. I'm wrestling with selfishness. I'm wrestling with, you know, I was convicted the other day learning about the sin of slothfulness. And uh, I saw a sloth the other day. I felt the Holy Spirit's hit me. But there's so many things that, that I'm working on. And when I was like, man, what do I feel like God wants me to do well? And I thought about those things. I literally thought, I can't do that. And then I remembered, I, I can't do anything God wants me to do if I'm doing it in my own strength. And I realized in that moment, man, I'm, I'm weak. And then I thought, I'm weak. That's good. Here's why that's good. Like being broken, weak people recognize their need for God. What do they do? They put their dependence on God, which is a good thing if you want to see him move. 2 Corinthians 12 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. <laughs> the weird flex, but go, go ahead. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, God, it says there, God says, my power is made perfect in weakness. So to experience his power made perfect, you've got to get weak. So let's get weak. <laughs> you look in the mirror, I've got to be weak. Here's the good news. Like you are already broken, you're actually already weak. I looked in the mirror, I said, got to be weak. And then I was like, I've been being that for 27 years. Guys, we are broken and we are weak. And when we are those things, we are aware. We accept them. That's when we see a move of God. The good news is you already are. It's awareness, acceptance, strength. All the challenges of life can work to put our reliance on Him, dependence on Him, focus on Him. Challenges of life can be a good thing to help us get the white flag out sooner and say, God, I can't do it, I surrender. In the acceptance of our own weakness, we enter God's strength. This is a word for someone tonight. Stop trying to be the man. Stop trying to be the woman. As Christians, we don't believe in self-empowerment. We believe in myself's cooked. I need Christ's empowerment. It's my book coming out next week, Self-Cooked, Christ's Empowerment. When I can't and I rely on Him, He can and I experience a move of God. Brokenness and weakness can be a gift when it brings us to true humility and dependence on Him. If you are weak, good. Get ready for a move of God in your life. I'm going to have to save the third point for another time. It was the best one as well. 
Thanks, Isaac. People who see God move. You might have thought that I would say people who are whole and put together and are strong and content, they see God move. You know what? It is the opposite. They are things we find in Christ alone and things we cannot attain without Him, without a move of God in our life. Here's the truth, everybody. Whether it's your first time or you've been many times, here's the truth. It is, in fact, broken people and weak people who see God move in our brokenness, and we're all broken. In our weakness, and we're all weak, God moves in power. God moves in power. Are you broken? Are you weak? God can move powerfully in your life. Here's the key, though. The key is that can be the reality, but we fight it off. We don't want to accept that that's who we are. We don't want to accept that that's our condition. But as I said before, the acceptance that you're broken and weak is actually the green light for God to move. Brokenness is essential to salvation. But we can try and say, God, I'm not broken. I just want somewhere to go on Sunday. Or God, I'm not broken. I just want to be a bit better of a person. Look, the reality is we need God. We absolutely need God. When people say, I don't know if I need God, I just think maybe they've not lived enough of life yet. Because there'll be something that will come to remind you that you need to be walking in relationship with your Creator. You need God. You need His help. You need His salvation. And I want to encourage you tonight. If you came in tonight feeling broken, you're in a great spot for God to move in your life. If you came in the doors tonight and you're feeling a bit weak, maybe holistically, maybe just in an area of your life, I want to tell you you're in a great position for God to move in your life. Maybe you came in tonight and you feel like an absolute legend. And you're thinking, this is great for these people. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you because with us. Because the gospel, special the message of Jesus Christ is the great give leveler. Online. Your generosity it's, it's is making the, the same power is for the rich, to hear the, the message of Jesus, for the person here in Perth, Australia, Australia and around the world. The person with the, the beach front house in Hillary, all the way to the person living in Rwanda. All the way to the, mate, the people in family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their lives for good. In everybody Jesus needs name. help. And as I said before, everybody's be broken, everybody's weak. We all need Jesus Christ. Uh, it's in the acceptance the of that that we receive transformation. You tonight have the opportunity to receive that transformation in your life. If you would only open up your heart to Jesus Christ and receive his free gift.